1: If you're ready to learn practical ways to
0: focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 53 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today and helping
1: you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. So guys, we are so thrilled to have you here with us today because we have a new podcast feature to tell you about. So as you know, we always end our shows by asking our guests to share at least one scripture they pray in their own homes that is specific to the topic we're discussing that day. This is one of our favorite features of the podcast because the verses our guests come up with are so good and they're so personal to their unique journeys, and they teach us new ways that we can pray for our own families. They've really been inspiring. So with each new episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast, starting today, you'll be able to visit our show notes and find instructions for downloading five scripture-inspired verses and prayers that you can begin praying for your family right away. All you need to do is visit www.millionprayingmoms.com to grab today's prayers. I just love that. And can we ask for a little help from you, our
0: friends while we're at it? If you're enjoying our podcast, would you do two things for us? Number one, please share it with your friends. This episode and our last episode in particular are so timely and important for many moms. And we'd love your help in spreading the hope and encouragement. And number two, leave us a rating and review in your podcast app. So that really helps get Million Praying Moms to more listeners and we would be
1: really grateful for that feedback. Absolutely, all right Erin, on with the show. We have been wanting to focus on the special needs mom for a while and this episode is such a good one. Mm -hmm. Sandra Peoples always inspires me. I truly believe that whether or not you are a special needs mom, You're going to walk away with something today, but specifically if you are, man, Sandra speaks your language and it's so good. She's going to join us today, our longtime friend, Sandra Peoples, to talk about parenting a special needs child through change and challenges. And boy, is that not the season we're living in right now. First, we want you to know
0: all about our newest prayer resource, which we're going to dive into a little more as we go, but our newest prayer resource is really really special to us and it's called Everyday Prayers for the Special Needs Mom and it's written by today's guest
1: and our longtime friend
0: Sandra Peoples.
1: Yes okay so I'm going to show it to you. Ta-da! We are so excited about it. It's so beautifully done. Um, Again Erin in case you guys don't know this Erin is the one that does our design work on the front of these and most of the design work that you see the graphics and artwork and things like that that we uh, that we use at Million Praying Moms. Erin is the genius behind all that. Lest you think it's me, I'm not even close to being able to do that kind of stuff. So we're really grateful for Erin in that. But um, we're so excited about this journal. It is a physical, look, I'm holding it in my hands. It's a physical journal. It is spiral bound and you know, just makes it super easy to be able to use. And it's a 20-day prayer journal into the heart of a special needs mom. Um, really, guys, as I read this, I had the privilege of working with Sandra, who is our guest today as well, um, on this project and getting a chance to read it before anybody else gets their hands on it. And, you know, I was just blown away at how it's written for the special needs mom, but you guys, it is for all of us. It is just the truth of God's word. And if you're feeling alone in your parenting, if you're feeling like you're facing challenges maybe that other moms don't face, then I want to encourage you to pick up a copy of this journal. We'll tell you more about how to do that. Um, Sandra is, is actually going to be leading our circle members, our Million Praying Mom circle members, through a 20-day study of this journal, of this prayer journal, um, starting very soon. Um, oct- excuse me, not October, but September the 28th, we'll be starting that together for our circle members so if you are a circle member you have already got access to this as a digital file and you get our circle members get 20 percent off the physical copies as well so you can go pick that up right away Um, if you're not a circle member and you would like to be able to go through this exclusive study with sandra all you need to do is go to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle and you can learn about all the details that go along with that. It's cheaper to be a member of the circle than it is to get the book outright. But you can get the books outright as well. You can go to ChristianMomShop.com and you can choose either the physical copy or you can choose the digital copy, whichever you're whichever you prefer. Um, and go ahead and, and jump in and and uh, get started. It is such a profound book. I really just can't stress how as I read it. I just so identified with Sandra's heart. She gets it. She really gets it. She's a special needs mom. She's a special needs sister and she's an advocate in ministry for special needs moms. And we can't wait to share her with you today. Yeah.
0: And I think it's important to note that um, there's not a specific, it's not for a specific special needs mom. It's for all special needs moms and that covers a wide variety of things. And like Brooke said, if you want to go run over and get your copy in our shop, you can get the digital copy or the physical copy at ChristianMomShop.com. But we also have it in our circle membership, which is just $8 a month. And that gives you free digital access to our monthly prayer journal, which is the bonus one is our special needs mom, but it's also everyday prayers for hope. So this, this month you're getting like a two for one deal, which is awesome. So if you're more of a paperback person, we get it lots of you are we've heard from you and we're really excited to offer that version and if you are a circle member you do get 20 percent off that but you also get a ton of other stuff like our monthly live prayer meetings um, early access to every sale we have our private facebook group and then this month we also have the additional one with sandra and all sorts of other exclusive deals and giveaways and and free resources It's a steal. Like it literally is a steal. It's $8 a month. Um, So if you are interested in getting it that way, you head over to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle. You can read everything I just said because I probably went too fast for you because I know I talk too fast all the time. But if you go to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle, you
1: can read all the benefits and get signed up there. Awesome. Okay, so let's get on with our topic today and meet our guest. Sandra Peoples is one of the leading voices in the special needs community. She is the author of three books, Speechless, Finding God's Grace in My Son's Autism, Held, Learning to Live in God's Grip, and Unexpected Blessings, The Joys and Possibilities of Life in a Special Needs Family. And she also hosts a popular podcast called Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, where she provides weekly encouragement to special needs moms and their caregivers.
0: Sandra and her husband Lee have two sons, David and James, and James has level three autism. They live outside of Houston, Texas, which I'm glad to see that the hurricane missed, mostly missed you guys. You can give us an update on on how that all worked out. But Lee is a pastor and Sandra serves as their church's special needs ministry director, which I love that your church has that. Like I, Every time you talk about that, I'm like, every church, get one of these. You need this. Sandra also has a sister with Down syndrome, which gives her a lifelong perspective on being in a special needs family. And most of all, she is our longtime friend and a contributor to the ministry here at Million Praying Moms. Thank you for joining us today, Sandra. We are well, so excited to have you here.
2: Thanks so much. It's like catching up with friends because we've been it, friends for so long. So yeah. Long. Okay. So
0: when when we were getting ready for this, when I wrote Longtime Friends, I was like, like really Long time, like yeah. over ten years now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And in blogging years, it feels like even longer, right? Because so it changed and it's so different than it was when we started out.
1: It is. It's something it does. like dog years, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I can I can mark my blogging years by my middle son because he was two months old when I started blogging. Wow. So he turned twelve in June. And so I always, like August comes around and I'm like, holy cow, I've been doing this for a long time. Like, that's crazy. So, I mean, and it wasn't long after that, that we became friends and and met and did all of that. So do tell us, did your family have effects from the hurricanes that came
2: that way? No, they went east of us. And that's the hard thing thought. about praying for a hurricane is, you know, it's going to hit somewhere. Right. So that's, I mean, you pray for it to... Slow down and get weaker, mm-hmm. but it's hard to say move here and hit these people instead right. of hitting us um, but we didn't lose power we just had some wind so we were really thankful That's
1: good it's great I'm so glad we had a little bit of rain here too I'd I live in Virginia but I don't live on the coast of Virginia so we get when things are coming around that way we tend to just get wet and and some wind and it was relatively uneventful for, for us as well. So um, Sandra, you know, we have known you for a very long time. And I even remember when you and I went to, she speaks together years and years and years ago. Now we, we can talk about how long ago if we want to, but um, you know, that's when you guys were first beginning to really try to figure out what was going on with James and you and I had some conversations about it and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, I know that we have not been an intimate part of your walk through this, but we have gotten to watch you and your family walk through this and, uh, and see how you've handled it with grace and, and how you have taken something that um, was a life-altering diagnosis and, and thing that happened in your life and you've turned it around into a way that you can comfort others with the comfort you've been given, which is what we're all called to do as believers. And and it's just been a pleasure to watch you and your husband do this. This particular year that we're living in right now um, clearly has been a year full of uncertainty and and changes for all of us. But it has also presented unique challenges for the special needs families that, that are in our midst. And so, we'd like to talk to you today about what that looks like. What have some of those changes looked like specifically for your family as you've walked through this year?
2: Yeah, it has been a big year. James, we're talking about his diagnosis. It happened 10 years ago this fall. And so really that first year of course was really hard, but then this year has been just as hard as that first year because of all the challenges. So for us, When school shut down in March and churches shut down and going to grandma's stopped, we lost our entire support system. I mean, like when James goes to school, he's not just sitting in a classroom with 20 or 25 other kids. He's got his teacher. He's got his aide, He's got uh, speech therapy and occupational therapy. So at school, we lost that whole team of support. We couldn't go to church anymore, and he loves church. Aaron mentioned that we have a special needs ministry at our church, and and that's James loves his Sunday routine. He loves getting to go to grandma's house, but that had to stop so we could protect them. Um, so, just this whole support system is gone overnight. <laughs> that that literally some of us spend years building, finding the right people to come alongside our kids and support what they need, and all of that, and then it just stopped. And so for us, you have to wake up each day and say, how can I fulfill the roles that five or six other people were fulfilling just two weeks ago when he was at school? So it was a huge challenge, just that transition of mommy has to put on every hat and not just the mommy hat each day.
1: Yeah, that does. You know, when you look at it that way, that I mean, most of us recognize that there there are a lot of different people in our families or, or in our communities that influence our children, right? But when you when you look at it that way, it, it is very eye-opening to think that you're now playing the role of that many different people. That's, I imagine, fairly overwhelming.
2: Yeah, it was. and it, And especially because we didn't know how long it was going to last when this started in March. We didn't even in June or, you know, we just, we kept thinking and- you know, special needs parents can get kind of good at that. I mean, really, like we've built up our, we call it resiliency, that resiliency muscle, um, because we live with so many unknowns. But would school start? How would it look when it started? When could we go back to therapy? When was it safe to see grandma and grandpa again? What would church look like when we met? I mean, every week brought new questions instead of answers. And so, and for a, a kid like James, who has no, concept really of time or danger or these things. I mean, we for he couldn't even go to the grocery store every week, like he liked doing and that was part of his routine. So everything changed so big for him.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing this from moms on so many different levels as well, all the way from what you're saying, like missing therapy appointments and missing um you know in person things but also to the moms whose kids have an IEP and all of a sudden we are on virtual learning and the IEP can't be fully fulfilled and and mom and dad are trying to fulfill that role in something they don't feel equipped for or trained for in any way and you know you always have that parent kid dynamic is different than a teacher kid dynamic a lot like I felt that a lot when we homeschooled and then when we switched away from that and like that dynamic totally shifts. And for students who are receiving additional sport support at school in different ways and aren't getting that, like that's traumatic as well. Like it just, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of, of life that you're used to. And um, it, it, it's there's really a spectrum of feeling those challenges and changes and we want to talk today about some of those specific challenges that are affecting special needs moms the most in these times of uncertainty and one of the ones you mentioned first was decision fatigue can you define what that means for us and like how does that show up in your life
2: yeah decision fatigue once you explain it you totally get it because it's like at the end of the day if you don't know what you're making for dinner, you and your husband have this conversation. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. And you just back and forth. That's because you have spent the whole day making decisions and you are just done making them. Um, So like studies say that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions a day, which is a huge number. You think about all the tiny decisions you make, but special needs parents make even more because we're making them for ourselves and also for our kids. So like I got dressed today, but I also had to decide what James was going to wear. Um, Even though he's 13, he needs that help making that decision. So I'm making double the decisions on some of these tiny things. And that can really be exhausting by the end of the day, especially right now, because I don't think we're just facing decision fatigue. I think we're facing unprecedented amounts of fear when we make big decisions and we feel like we're being judged for the decisions that we make because even like the three of us we live in very different places and and rates of corona are different and so I may make a decision for my family that's different from the decision you guys make and I might feel judged for that decision even as we're just sitting here talking and that doesn't mean you're actually judging me that just means I feel judged And so not only is it, okay, I've got to make all these decisions, but, oh, I've got to carry the weight of the guilt I could feel or the judgment that I feel from others about these decisions. So it's just so intense right now.
0: Yeah, it's magnified because um, the consequences seem higher, you know, in in decision-making. And, um, I mean, when you say that now, like, I'm like, oh, God, I have – totally had decision fatigue, especially when the kids were all home. um, And it was like planning out their whole day just beyond what a normal summer would be or something, you know, during a school day and things like that. Um, But also that fear and guilt thing. Like right now, my husband and I have said a lot. I don't know that there is a right decision, like a right one you know that has come up a lot in our discussions and so there's always like a little element of fear and risk in the decision making spectrum and that like it's because we don't know what to do like nobody knows the right thing really like we're trying our best to choose the right thing but none of us are assured that it is yeah. and that that makes those decisions even harder and, and taxing more taxing on our brains.
2: Yeah, it does for sure. I have like a saying that I gave on my podcast and I said, here's what we're going to say. I'm making the best decision I can with the information I have at this time. And then you just yep. put it to bed. The best yep. decision I can with the information I have on this day. Yes. <laughs> and that's all that- I can be responsible for.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what we've been saying is, well, today, this is not what I've decided. Tomorrow may be a totally different story.
1: Yeah, and I think part of the problem too, along with decision fatigue, is that we are in, we are also in a state of constant information overload. Erin and I had this conversation a couple of days ago that we feel saturated. We feel like it is very, we've reached a point where it's very difficult to, for us to absorb one more thing. One more crisis, one more difficult piece of information, not even, it it doesn't even have to be, you know, a high stress level piece of information. It's just that it's one more piece of information. Now, when we're living in this state of feeling like a wet mop, where we just cannot hold one more piece of information, it it sends us spilling right over the top. Um, and, And I'm feeling that. And so I know that it has to be exacerbated um, for, for, for your family as well. And for other families that are dealing with even more than what we're dealing with. So it's hard. It's, we're in a really, really hard time. And part of that as well has been, Erin, did you want to say something? Look like you were just going to just say gonna something. ask, how do you, I was going to ask, how do
0: you cope with that? Then, yeah. you, Like when we are in this, cause I think we all want to know, <laughs> do you have yeah. any, have any tips for when you do feel that decision fatigue, or even for making the decisions and not feeling them so heavily?
2: Yeah, I think one thing is you make as many decisions one time, and just be done with it. And so a couple of things, the way that works out in my life, like on Sunday evenings, I plan the menu for the whole week. And so it's done, right? Like it can take me 30 minutes on Sunday evening, or it can take me 30 minutes every day (laughs) to decide what we're going to have. Because when I decide, I'm also like, okay, I'm going to have to lay out the ground beef. I'm going to have to put this on the shopping list, you know, and then I get to Tuesday and what, and it's taco Tuesday or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I don't have what I need. And so if I make all those decisions on Sunday, then they're done. So eliminating the decisions that you make in a day is a huge help. Like I, I, wear the same t-shirt every Monday and I even like created some and it says this is my Monday uniform um, because I don't have to wake up on Monday and decide what to wear it's just done because Mondays are kind of the days that you seem to make more decisions than other days and I was like okay I'm just it's just going to be done and so as you go through your day pay attention to the times that are more stressful and think, can I make a decision, can I decide one time on this so that I don't have to keep deciding whether that's, this is what we're going to have. Every Tuesday can be Taco Tuesday, and then you're done (laughs) with the meal planning or every Friday, Pizza Friday, or whatever it is. Uh, We even grew up, like, having hamburgers on Saturdays. My dad would grill out. Okay, that, that works great. So every Saturday, it's burgers. And that just eliminates one decision that can feel like a hard decision when you're in the moment, but if you can make it ahead of time, it really helps.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great word. I'm just, you know, kind of as you're talking mentally looking through my days and thinking, what can I do? And I I will confess that sometimes I go through seasons when I'm really good at it. And then I go through seasons when I'm really not good at it. Um, I have not menu planned on a Sunday in many, many months now but I used to do it all the time and it really does help if you do those things. Um, so I'm going to put that back on my list and try to get myself to do that again. Sometimes you just, you know, you get to that point where you're like, Oh, I just don't want to do it, but it really does help if you'll make the effort to do it. I can attest to that too. Well, the second challenge that we want to address is routine. And, and this is another big one. We all have our school routines, our weekend routines, um, regardless of how you educate your children. You, we all have routines as families, and so um, you say that that you think routines are even more important to special needs families um, and their children. So, what does that look like during a season of change or unknowns? How are you you all managing a, a new routine, new kind of routine?
2: Well, I do think like special needs moms, especially moms of kids with autism or ADD, ADHD. These kids who love their routines. I think everybody experienced the stress of being out of the routine when March hit, like where everybody was like, Oh, this is what it's like when you have so many unknowns and that's where our kids live all the time. Uh, because they, they don't have any control over what comes next. And so they rely on that routine because it's a sense of comfort. And we all experienced that when our routines went out the window. Um, And so we, James has, he's has limited verbal ability. And so he, one of the main questions that he asks is a way of asking, what are we going to do tomorrow? And he likes to have five things that he does every day. And so we come up with five things. Here's what you're going to do. Go to school, come home and play, eat dinner, take a bath, go to bed. And just being able to go over that routine helps him. And so in special needs families like mine, sometimes it's just those verbal cues First, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. First, then is a huge help. Um, Like if you are managing school at home right now and your kid is getting antsy, okay, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. So they know that there, there will be an end to what's happening right now. Maybe it's something they don't like. Then we can do this. And we even uh, have visual timers, and there's an app you can get so even your kids who can't tell time it takes up all this red space and they can see it tick down. Like, okay, first I have to do my reading, then we can have lunch. And so, anything that you can get back in their routine is helpful. And then sometimes we even use visual schedules, we use it at church to say, first we're gonna have story time, then we're gonna play outside, then we're gonna have snack, then we're gonna, you know, so anything that we can. If they know what's coming next, their stress and anxiety decrease, just like our stress and anxiety decrease when we know what's coming next. But we're the ones who have control over what comes next, and they don't. And so we try so hard to communicate with them at their level of what's coming next. And really, it helps the whole family. Like we talked about menu planning. If I write out the menu for the week and I put it on the refrigerator, everybody's happier. (laughs) Because they're not asking what's for lunch, what's for dinner, what what are we doing? And so I can communicate, I'll answer all those questions just by putting the menu up on the refrigerator. And so they it can anticipate what's coming, and it decreases. Even I mean I know we're not it's not huge anxiety if you don't know what's coming for dinner, but for some of our kids it is. Some of our kids they just some of them have backgrounds, especially some of our kids who came from. Who were adopted or, or in foster care systems or things that that make them insecure because they didn't get their basic needs met when they were really tiny. And so we have to keep assuring them those needs are going to get met. I talked to lots of parents who deal with that. And it's so helpful for their kids just to say, okay, here's what we're having for dinner. And that just lowers their anxiety.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious about um, missing out on the routines of um, meeting with other people, and and how you did that because our next the next challenge we were going to talk about is the mom who stretched too thin, and I feel like in in your routine how it would have been part of that routine was meeting with other people and 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 going through that. So how did that? I I'm curious how that changed. Did you notice um with James a change in uh behavior and attitude um with not getting to see the same people every day?
2: Yeah, he did struggle with that. Some um and I struggled with it too right. I as mean, mom. Yeah. And so it was partly like okay, how can we keep meeting his needs or keeping him busy? They did of course like all of us did some school on online so he could see his teacher but that's not the same as having her right right there with him and so we had to really step up and meet those needs because we're there in person there's just some needs needs that can't be met virtually um and so that we had to step up and do that big brother david had to step up dad had to step up you know and so uh and then when we could slowly start adding people back to our circle whether that was okay we've we can see grandma again this week, yay, and let's stay safe so we can see grandma. Or we have been back at church for a few weeks now, like our kid stuff has been open. And so he's back in that routine of seeing his helpers at church. And he's going to school on campus because they're in a self-contained class. So he can stay safe and be on campus. Um, So slowly, all those people are coming back into his life. But one of the things that was hard because I was meeting all of his needs there was less of me to meet my husband's needs and my older son's needs and my personal needs for friendship right. connection and all of that and so as a special needs sibling you guys mentioned I grew up I have a sister with down syndrome and so I'm very aware of the time and attention that a sibling with special needs can take away from the rest of the siblings and so my older son, David, he, he's 14 now. And so we started some rituals in our day so that he felt like he was getting quality time with mom. So there was a show on Netflix and he wanted to watch it. And I was like, I'll watch it with you. So every night at eight, (laughs) when James goes to bed, David and I turn on Netflix and we watch this show together and, and Lee and I are carving out time, finding pockets of it that maybe we didn't know, you know, you wake up earlier or you stay up a little later than the boys and, and have some time together. And sometimes it's not just the quantity, but the quality (laughs) of the time. So you get as much uh, connection as you can, even during shorter periods of time. But that's been such a challenge to say, okay, I'm not, I'm meeting all of James's needs because those are the loudest and the most pressing Mm -hmm. needs. But I have these other needs that I still have to be aware of so that they don't get to like emergency level and get louder and take, time away from everything else. And so that's a, it's a big juggling thing for all of us, but I'm trying to stay aware of what everybody's needs are. Yeah.
0: So go uh, ahead, Brooks. No, you go ahead. You're good. (laughs) I was going to say, it's so funny that you were talking about staying up later. We were literally like, oh my gosh, we are staying up so late. Like, especially the beginning of, you know, staying home. And we were like, why are we staying up so late? And then we were so tired. And it was like, but that was the only time we got. And they didn't have to be at school early. So bedtimes were flexible. And I I felt that like, whoa, that just happened like automatically. We knew we needed time together, but then we weren't getting enough sleep either. So it was like, let's have some quality time together. Maybe not as long as it used to be because they're around all the time, but Um, but I felt, I felt that a lot and it kind of crept up on us, but it was kind of that natural, like, where are we going to find this? And we ended up pushing back our bedtime because we needed that time to breathe and just be the two of us or, um, all of that. And you're, you're right with everybody home. It was so much harder to have one-on-one, you know, or to find those times where it was like, nobody has any activities. So we're all here all together all the time we had to intentionally, like, say, let's watch a movie with just our oldest or play a game with just, you know, one or the other. Um, But it was, it was a very big adjustment. And that's without special needs in the family as well.
1: Yeah, it seems like, Sandra, that the challenges that that we've mentioned today are just really heavy. There are a lot to carry around, you know, trying to be aware of the loud needs in in your family, but also the ones that are a little more quiet. Um, sometimes you need to be able to pull away from the loud ones just to seek out the quiet ones, and being able to juggle all of that, plus just trying to figure out your own needs and how to take care of them, um, it's heavy. and And so we want to talk about them. We want to address them. We want to we want to name them, and 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 be clear that this is what we're dealing with. But we also don't want to leave anybody there we don't want to leave anybody just wallowing in them and so that's part of the reason that we brought you here today um, was to talk about you know what what can we do and specifically how the power of prayer can intersect um, into this reality into this this new reality that we're living in and that special needs moms are living in and it's why we asked you to write everyday prayers for the special needs mom And, um, so we just want to talk for, for a little bit about that today, um, and about that book and, and how, um, how prayer has been a a important part of this process for you and how you're, you know, working through it. But also we'd love for you to tease our audience a little bit and tell them about the Facebook group study that you're going to be starting and uh, maybe a little bit of what your plans are for that and, and how they can get involved.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I, I just love the idea that no matter what age our kids are or what diagnosis they have, the truth of Scripture meets all of those needs. And so we can sit here with advice for, okay, in this situation, here's this advice and this advice and this advice, but there's no way we could cover everything and every family, every family. But the power of Scripture can, and the Holy Spirit working in our lives can meet those needs. And so one of my favorite verses... Especially as a special needs mom is John uh fifteen five. I'm the vine, you're the branches, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that's such a sweet reminder that I, I'm I'm off the hook. It's not all up to me. I don't have to keep all the plates spinning. I don't have to wear every hat. Um because God works through me to meet the needs that are the most important. And he even my failure even points to his perfection, right? If I could meet all of David's needs, my older typical son, David may never look to God <laughs> to meet some of those needs. Because mom mom always solved every problem. Mom was always there. But when mom isn't there, can't solve those problems, then he has to find the answer in God who will be with him no matter what the scenario and the situation. And so I love that we through this book are going to spend 20 days just in prayer for um, our kids and also ourselves, (laughs) because as we're praying for friendships, let's say there's a day that we're going to pray for friendships for our kids. Well, we're also praying for friendships for ourselves because as special needs parents, it's harder to keep and maintain friendships because we we don't always have the time and the flexibility to get together for bunko night or book club or whatever our friends do, and so as we pray for our kids, it, it's gonna it's gonna change our hearts and and it's gonna change our lives as well. And so I'm just so excited that the power of Scripture will work through the Holy Spirit and that He's gonna bring about some change. I mean, twenty days. It's going to be amazing what he'll do in our families in those 20 days, just as we offer that time up to him and continue to pray back the words that he gave us in scripture. That's, that's the model that you guys have had from the beginning. We're going to pray scripture back to God because that's where the power is. And yeah. so we're just going to take these verses from the whole, all of scripture, look at it, see how it applies to our kids' lives and our lives, and then just offer those prayers back to him.
1: I love that so much. You know, you mentioned that verse and how you sometimes need to be remembered or you need to remember that you're not the one holding it all together. The verse that I always reflect on for that is Colossians 117, which is which says he is before all things and by him, all things hold together. So I sometimes just need to remind myself, Brooke, you're not the one holding it all together. God is the one who created it. He is the one holding it all together. So that can be another fresh reminder for us when we're feeling like we're failing at keeping all the plates spinning. We don't have to. We don't have to. If something falls, God can pick it up and still make it beautiful. And that's what I keep coming back to as well. Oh, that
0: verse is like a lifeline right now, isn't it? To just remember that we are not the ones holding it all together because it's a really good thing that we aren't (laughs) because it would be really fragile, wouldn't it? Um, So just a reminder that the study that Sandra is mentioning um, is available now in our Christian mom shop, but also free to all of our circle members. And that's where the study is going to be happening for our circle members, $8 a month. You get tons of resources there. And that's where you can also participate in the study and it'll be starting September 28th. And we don't want you to miss out on that. So, okay. You already mentioned one verse Sandra, but I'm just curious. We always love to wrap up our shows with our guests sharing a favorite verse that they're praying over their kids right now. Is that the verse for you, or is there another one,
2: possibly? Yeah, that's the verse I pray for myself. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. true. (laughs) The one I pray for James most often is from Luke 2, 252, and it's, it's speaking of Jesus. And it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And I picked this when James was... Tiny baby, I write about it in the intro of the book because even before he was diagnosed with autism that 's what I wanted for him, right? I want him to grow stronger, I want him to grow smarter, and I want God to have favor on him, and I want others to to have favor on him. But when we got his diagnosis, none of those things seemed true for us he wasn 't growing bigger he wasn 't growing smarter he wasn't uh, it didn't feel like God had favor on him and, and people didn't have favor on him either. We were being excluded from social events because he couldn't be social like the other kids were social. And so that that verse that God laid on my heart when he was a tiny baby was even more applicable right around his diagnosis. And then now I'm seeing the fruit of that because I am seeing him grow stronger. And even though, his abilities are different (laughs) from a typical 13 year old. I can see that progress. I can see how he's growing and how he is expressing himself in new ways that are, that are easier for him. And I can see that God has favor on him and I can see how others are responding to him with more compassion and more grace. And so even now he just turned 13 last week. Um, And it's such a milestone. 13 is such a milestone. And special needs parents can, I call it sneaky grief. And and sometimes it sneaks up on those milestones, like a big birthday like 13 or when all the other 16-year-olds are getting driver's license and there's no way that your child is. And so it was such a sweet reminder to me last week to just review this verse for God to bring it to mind again and say, no, this is how I'm working in James's life because you have been faithful to pray this for 13 years and I'm still working this out in his life. And so that, I mean, I I couldn't think of a better verse to really apply to what we see in his life and what God is doing.
1: I love that. I love just hearing about faithful mamas who have prayed the same thing for 13 years or more. That is just a, those are the kind of testimonies that just really bless me. And so I'm grateful that you shared that Sandra. Um, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. I know that, that your words have been a balm to so many moms as, as they've listened. I know, um, I know there are moms who are listening right now that are saying that really, I, I just identify with that. Yeah. That sounds like what's happening in our home. And just to know that there's another mom out there who's leading the way and offering hope and sharing Christ and, and helping them figure out how, uh, how Christ intersects with those weary places in their lives. Um, Thank you for doing that for them and for us. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you online?
2: Um, Sandrapeoples.com is the website, uh, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and I- All of those are fun for all different reasons, (laughs) you know, and then I have the podcast self-care and soul care for the caregiver. It comes out every Monday. It's a short episode, but we talk about a lot of the things that we talked about here and we give solutions for that because um, special needs parents need to know they're not the only ones, just like you said. And so um, that's where I like to hang out on Mondays to really encourage people personally. And then, um, man, I, we have that Facebook group started. So if you're in the circle, we already have the link to that. And women are starting to join who are part of the circle, who are going to be part of our smaller group that are going to do that. And we're already going to get to know each other even before we start those days of prayer. And I'm really excited about that. I mean, I don't know how special needs parents did it before the internet, mm. <laughs> I mean, it be some of them, right? Like, like down syndrome. What do you, you can't Google that. So we are living in such an amazing time for community, and you guys have built that, and I'm so thankful that these moms who are part of your community, who have this thing in common, they're raising kids with special needs or learning disabilities or mental health challenges, and we're going to come together for 20 days in a unique way and really dig into some of these scriptures that we can pray over the lives of our unique kids, And so that's where I'm super excited to hang out (laughs) through October is with those moms that I'm going to get to know through the circle and then in the Facebook group that we are doing specifically for this book.
0: Yes, we are super excited to see what God does there because this is we've had so many comments already that have said, I have wanted a group where I could talk with other special needs moms that's focused on prayer that's focused on Christ and they have been longing for this. And we are so excited that God made everything work together for it to happen and for, and just to see what happens in that place. So thank you again, Sandra. And remember you can head over to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle to get signed up for our circle membership. And when you do, you'll get a free digital copy of this prayer resource of everyday prayers for for the special needs mom. Um, And if that's not what you'd like to do, if you just would like to go through it on your own, you can visit our store at christianmomshop.com and grab a digital or a paperback copy right there today. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Don't forget to head over to our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com to get your five free prayers for the special needs mom today.
2: There's nothing in this world that he cannot do. If we truly allow His love. We can do nothing without Him. Anything that we do apart from Him is not something that's permanent.
1: All need is grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people yes. on our way
2: to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all
0: one family. Amen.